hello. Welcome to the second episode of The Copping Mechanism. We've got a uh, fairly interesting one for you this week. Hopefully it's not just me sitting there and uh, and giving my opinions on albums that you don't want to listen to. Um, I've got two friends of mine on to talk about you know, one-hit wonders and, and how good they are. And, and we've got a whole bracket to get through. Uh, and find out which was the best one-hit wonder of this millennium. So, I'm joined by Dan Welsh. Hello. And Barnaby Merrill. Hello. Okay, so, uh, gentlemen, you've been you've been brought on for, uh, I won't say your, your experience in, in the area of one-hit wonders specifically, but, um, you know, you're, you're people that certainly like to, to talk about music in in uh, in this kind of weird context and i i can't think of two people probably that well that would agree to do an episode with me that would be better place to <laughs> to talk about um this sort of stuff so i think we'll just uh jump right on in to the uh the first side of the bracket we're doing it in a uh sort of a genre breakdown to an extent i mean we've got rap on on one side 16 tracks and then we've got non-rap we've not broken it down too far over that way uh another 16 tracks but i think we'll start with rap so uh first things first first matchup d4l laffy taffy and jaquan uh tipsy um actually before before i get your thoughts on that gentlemen i'll just just explain that this is one hit wonder for for this definition is an artist that hit the top 40 on the UK charts once and then never again. So these people may have had a dozen hits in the US, uh, and I think at least D4L had like two or three. Uh, not relevant. Uh, this is this is the UK charts. Uh, and with that said, Laffy Taffy, what did we think? Dan, we'll start with you. I really hate Laffy Taffy. I, it is a very, very annoying song. Um a lot of these rap one hit wonders that we're going to go on to, I think are actually very good songs. You know, they're not like, you know, one hit wonder has kind of a reputation of being a bit gimmicky. Um, whereas I think a lot of these are actually like just very catchy, good rap songs, but I do not think Laffy Taffy is, is one of them. Um, it just, it's just like, I just find the hook annoying. Um, the beat's okay, I guess, but no, I'm not, not a big fan. Barnaby, any any challenge to that, or would you say Dan's pretty much got it down there? Um, yeah, I mean, objectively, it's not good. Um, I think the beat's decent, and and that tends to be what I look for in a lot of rap songs. Um, I think the funny one with all these one hit wonders as well is that they a lot of them have like a fairly well known name attached to them, which at least means there's something to kind of keep you vaguely anchored. Like, oh, here's you know. I won't say because they're going to come up, but whereas this one just doesn't really have that going for it either. It's just a group of annoying guys you don't know and will never have to deal with again. Um, so yeah, it's not great, but I, I don't know. It, it, it started off kind of fun, then got bored, boring very, very quickly. Right, right. Mm. I, and would you say this is a, a fairly typical ringtone rap song, or would you say there's something that that stands out? either positively or, or negatively from the other types of, of this sort of hip-hop that we got for, what, two years maybe that trend lasted? Yeah, roughly. I'd say it's just a lower-quality version of, of, of 
most of the ringtone rap stuff. You know, like ringtone rap, it kind of always has a bit of a kind of repetitive chorus that, that's catchy. Um, and this just kind of takes that too far. And it's just not, you know, particularly interesting, I wouldn't say. Right. It also drops its key sort of image halfway through. The whole, it starts off with lots of like, you know, jokes about types of sweets and then um then just turns into a stereotypical drinking grey glues in, in in the club song. Yes and, You've got and to be consistent. I mean there's nothing wrong with, with drinking grey goose in the in the club if you can afford it. Um but yes it, it doesn't have a lot perhaps to it other than that. And um I, I know you, you both sort of mentioned the the beat there and uh K Rab who who produced this song literally did nothing else like he doesn't even have a wikipedia page so uh, i mean he produced the other d4l hit bet you can't do it like me uh but i th- oh no i don't think he did actually sorry he's just listed on a on a, a, a record there um no but it, interesting yeah just sort of completely <clears throat> forgettable production and rappers i mean the only name on on here you'd recognize is is shorty low that's that's about it um, yeah yeah, and and just not very good. But uh, I I think I'm I'm slightly less down on it than the two of you are. It is fun to an extent. I I do agree with with what you said, Dan, about it being a a lower quality version of of the ringtone rap that we already had. Uh, but I was never I was never anti that stuff anyway. No, I, um, I'm always I'm, I'm a big fan of of ringtone rap, but I think this is just not yeah, not uh, the best. Yeah. Um, and then Jaquan, Tipsy. Um, this is a song I, I hadn't really listened to at all before doing this uh, this bracket and, and the research for it. Um, mm. what, what did you think? Again, we'll start with, with you, Dan. Yeah, no, I, I was aware of it, but I hadn't actually properly listened to it. And I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's not, like, outstanding. Um I'd say it's like kind of generic, really, and it is kind of sounds like what you'd expect a rap one hit wonder from that era to sound like. Um, but I thought like you know the rapping on it is better than than Laffy Taffy, um, and it is less annoying. Uh, so I thought, yeah, it's it's fine, it's pretty good. Right, right, and uh, and Barnaby, anything uh, strikes you as particularly interesting on on this track? No, I pretty much agree with Dan. I I don't didn't dislike it as much as Laffy Taffy, though I didn't dislike Laffy Taffy. I just thought it was a bit boring. Whereas this one again, yeah, it's pretty kind of generic. But you know, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I think I think the the hook on this is is a lot stronger than than on Laffy Taffy. Um, yeah, and I mean you can tell it is because no one no one talks about Laffy Taffy anymore. Uh, and you know, you Google D4L, and what comes up is a, is a Drake track of of the same name. Uh, not yeah. even, not even the group anymore. Um, That's but really this, like a, I mean, sad thing. Yeah, when you get replaced by the J track with the same Drake track with the same name. That's when uh, your career is officially over. Oh no, it's it's that's a horrible. Uh, you wouldn't wish that fate on on your worst enemy. But um, no, this this I remember like seeing the hook from this song come up in like vines and things in in 2015, which was 10 years on. Uh, so it definitely had a bit more a bit more staying power in culture. Not much more, but but a little bit. Um, I think it's it's pretty clear what way we're voting on this. Uh, 
three nil Jaquan, I I assume. Yeah, can I can I just add? I've just look, been looking at Jaquan's Wikipedia page. Um, so for in June twenty thirteen, Jaquan made a comeback with a diss track called "Pushing the Odds" that was dissing Odd Future and Pusha T because they'd both made jokes about Jaquan in their song. <laughs> Which I feel like is a, a very strange combination for a diss track. That's that's incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, though I I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, also, to point out that um, Tipsy was featured not only in an episode of The Wire, but more importantly in the classic early noughts film White Chicks. Oh, thankfully yes. I've, I've never seen that film, uh, so I, I didn't know that already. I've seen it, but sort of black, blanked it out. So it's a Wayne's family uh, masterpiece, directed by a Wayne's brother and starring two more Wayne's brothers. <laughs> I mean, they are they are a, a wonderful. Just as far as the the end, American entertainment dynasties go, I'm, I'm much less annoyed to hear from them than I am like the Baldwin's, for example. Because uh, at least, at least with the the Wayans brothers, you can go. Well, this is incredibly stupid, but uh, I don't have to deal with it if I don't want to. Whereas the yeah, Baldwin's are just everywhere. Um, but anyway, okay, so so three nil, three nil to Jake one. Um, not too much more to say there. Now. On to this is this is one that really really annoys me. Asher Roth, I love college. Uh. Um, <laughs> awful awful white rap uh, from a guy. Uh, to be fair, if you look at this guy's discography, this is a song that he was very clearly sort of pushed into making by his producer. The rest of his stuff, once he got out of the contract he was on at that time. Sounds nothing like it. I mean, he is still then just a boring kind of lyrical white rapper, uh, but that's better than this by a long way. So, mm. Dan, thoughts on I Love College? Yeah, this is another thing to you earlier. This is a very early 2010 song and not in a good way. It is like just, yeah. He starts off sounding a bit like Eminem in the intro and then his voice just gets more annoying from, from there on. Um. And yeah, it is just like the most, I think you're right that it's just the most manufactured to be a, a one hit wonder and to get played at, at college parties. Um, and yeah, I remember when he tried to go, Asheros then tried to kind of do a bit of a, a Mac Miller and become like no longer the guy who'd make music for, for white college, uh, like frat boys and tried to kind of be uh, more lyrical and it didn't really work because he was not actually very talented. Um, but yeah, this is really, really, really bad. Not great. Yes. Um, Barnaby, are you going to come to the defense of I Love College or not? I really want to, to be contrary, but but I, I have more annoying things to say later, so I really can't. Like, this song is, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but it's absolute dog shit. I'm sorry. Um, whoever wrote it, I don't know who it was, some record company ghoul deserves to be just put in a box and made to listen to it for the rest of their life. Um, yep. It sucks. It's awful. 
Okay, I, I would just like to, to read something out, actually, uh, because what I didn't know until literally just this second when I was uh, reading his Wikipedia page, which I should have done before starting the, uh, the recording, um, Asher Roth was on the 2009 XXL uh, freshman class. Um, <sighs> yeah. So the other names on there, Whale, B.O.B., Charles Hamilton, Asher Roth, Corey Guns, Blue, Mickey Fax, Ace Hood, Currency, Kid Cudi. Like, some of those names you don't even (laughs) recognize at all anymore. But, like, B.O.B., Kid Cudi. uh, Kid Cudi is very out of place on that list. (laughs) Kid Cudi and Currency, and I suppose Blue is actually, you know, it's had some good albums. Um. Yeah, like when you go back and look at some of those lists, it's a mixture of like, yeah, like correct choices, and then just you know, like just baffling. Twenty ten, like the twenty ten freshman class was actually really good though. The next year, yeah. you had J Cole, Nipsey Hussle, Freddie Gibbs, Big Sean, like uh, J Rock. Yeah, OJ did. OJ Deuceman is is like not great, but I mean, he, you yeah, see he's why he was on there. I'm just imagining yeah. the guy who listens to like day and night and then I love college and is like, these are the same to me. <laughs> it's yeah, God. Oh my God. That, yeah, no, that is what a, what a year 2009. Um, but again, I mean, the only other thing that's interesting about I love college uh, is that in the advice, I mean, there's a couple other things actually in the advice section. I don't know if either of you picked up on this, but the advice he gives is it's it shifts between being completely banal like things that everyone should know like don't have sex with a girl who's unconscious like you you shouldn't need to be told that one uh yeah and then the very next line is when it comes to condoms put two on which you absolutely shouldn't do that Mm. is very wrong (laughs) that that makes things a lot worse that makes that means that like (laughs) yeah you (laughs) would I don't know. Is this some sort of like Catholic League propaganda trying to to create some sort of <laughs> anti contraception movement? What what is this? Like, it's just not true. I um, also like um, tomorrow night. Find a new joint. Like, uh, in, in, like surely you'd need more than one anyway. Anyway, unless he means it in the house. That sounds for house, but yeah, not good. Um, I think I it's just it. the end. I think it's just the end. The man I love college. Hey, and I love drinking. Hey, I love women. Hey, it's just like, just. I listened to this song when I was about whenever it came out. I was like what twelve, and even then I was like, really. Yep. Yeah. Not. Not good. Not good. Uh, sorry, I'm, but I'm again, looking, the. I'm, sorry. Go I'm ahead. Just looking at uh, the, the the people he had on "Asleep in the Bread Isle," the the album itself. Other songs on there include Perfectionist featuring Beanie Seagull and You featuring Slick Rick, of all people. <laughs> I don't know why Slick Rick decided to feature on an Asher Ross song. But I, but but in 2009, I mean, I maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong here, but how much did Slick Rick have going on by 2009? That seems a bit... Not much, I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say, that seems a bit on the... On the uh... The, the late, late end for him. Other than that, um, 
wasn't he on that one chameleon air the other chameleon air song um hip hop police when mm. was that uh don't know that could have been Come around on. that, that was... time maybe but anyway um we we don't want to we don't want to turn this into this us misremembering facts <laughs> um, well unfortunately because i i had riding by chameleon air on here and it would have been my pick to go all the way uh, yeah, but he had another hit, so he was unfortunately removed. Um, Too Yeah, well, he is like he—he's like worth way more now than he was. He like went and oh, yeah. became an investor somehow, um, and he's now like he now like works for a, a big hedge fund or something like that. Uh, big he's actually fund. a millionaire. <laughs> that is the, the dream. It is. Um, no, but. Uh, the other the other thing here is that um, this is a Scooter Brown thing. Uh, this is you know Asher Roth and Justin Bieber were his two big early clients. Um, <laughs> it's a, odd pairing, perhaps, but uh, yeah, this is and this was the sort of hit that that tidied him over until Bieber was ready to come out and, and release Baby and and all of that that actually sent him into that top end of the the music industry. He was flat broke when I Love College came out. And it's what actually saved him for the six months until, you know, he had, his clients actually hit it big. Um, very, very interesting sort of career path there. But uh, we could do a whole episode on, on Brown and, and the big machine label group purchase and the Swift feud and all of that. And I will at some point, but but not today. Um, and then this is up against what I, I think I would have to call the number one seed for for this side of the bracket, 212 by Azalea Banks. Um, I love this song, but I think I'm going to throw it over to you guys. Uh, what do you think? 212. I, I really like 212, yeah. Um if I remember correctly, there was, yeah, there was quite a big gap between two and two coming out in her album. But um, yeah, I remember anticipating her album quite quite a lot because this, I think this is a really great song. And at the time, didn't really sound like a lot else that was out there um, in, in rap in terms of like the production. Um, so I yeah, I really like I really like the song. Yeah, no, it's Barnby. Any anything to add? Yeah, no, I I agree. Like it, it it's good. It's, it has good production. It, it has, you know, it's actually not performed particularly badly. Um, you know, it sounds pretty cool, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I think I think on, mainly because it doesn't suck and isn't completely terrible. It's obviously miles better than um, <laughs> I Love College. It's a bit of a mismatch, really, but I suppose that's what you get if you're number one well, this seed. Is, this is the one sixteen matchup, I, I think. Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think you must I think you might be right, but yeah, no, great, actually a, a a good song and surprised it's a, a one hit wonder actually in truth. Well, it's even more surprising when you think about Azealia Banks and, and how often she is in like the music news and, and music yeah, publications. Yeah, exactly. Does she she be in the charts all the time or at least more than once? Yeah, I mean, like I guess she just there was like some there were some songs off. Uh, broke the expensive taste that kind of seemed like they could have been hit but if I remember correctly it was 
kind of just pushed out there, like without much kind of fanfare, partly because her behavior was so weird around the release. I think the label in the end just like dumped it without bothering mm. to try and like actually promote it at all. Yeah. It kept getting like delayed and delayed. Um, so I think it's probably like her fault that like she hasn't really been able to get much kind of promotion for. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, in the years since, it's just been a, an escalating pattern of, of much the the same thing, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Although, do you remember her Irish people rant? That was a weird one. Yes. Like, all of the other things, it's like, oh, this is this is horrible stuff to say, but it was horrible stuff to say that you sort of knew was out there. But uh, a, a massive rant about Irish people in 2017 was not really what I would have expected from pretty much anyone at, at that point. Mm. Do you remember what she accused Russell Crowe of, like, uh, assaulting her? No, I, I don't know. I've, I've got to say I don't remember that one. I'm, I'm just on her, the, the huge controversy section of her Wikipedia page, and this has reminded me of it. In 2016, she attended a party hosted by Russell Crowe as a guest of RZA, and then filed a police report against Crowe, claiming that he had racially abused her and spat on her. Um, and then RZA said that Azalea Banks had actually instigated the incident, and Russell Crowe had not actually racially abused her or spat on her. Um, but yeah, really, really weird, weird, weird story. Yeah, I, 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 how big that that section? Sorry, I've just loaded up her Wikipedia page as well, but I don't understand how long. The the number of people people... feud with. What's Fantano on there? (laughs) Fantano. uh, My favorite one of their products is Stone Roses. Um, oh yeah. How did you get into a feud with the Stone Roses in the 2010s? <laughs> like, that's not even. I don't really know. That shouldn't even be possible. Like, at least Honestly. all of the other people were around still. Oh also my god! Two, what the two separate? Sorry, go sorry. On. Go ahead. The two separate feuds she had with Ireland and Sweden, both <laughs> of which were caused by altercations on their national airlines with uh, air steward- with like air stewardesses. <laughs> Do you remember when she was doing witchcraft? That was a really good one. That was really good. Yeah, I I really want to know. It doesn't. It doesn't. Obviously, wasn't significant enough to get a, a full mention. But what feud did she have with Cray Sean? I need to know this. Like, probably again, Cray Sean. Unfortunately, because I was using the uh, the American uh, the UK charts, not the American charts, uh, did not qualify. Uh, but <sighs> really sad, yeah. Like, because I, I genuinely like Gucci Gucci. It's better than a lot of the songs I had to put on here. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, oh my god! Oh, here, here, here it is. So it's so somebody uploaded when two and two was just starting to get big. Somebody uploaded it to uh, Pornhub, and it like tweeted it out, and it went viral, and. Cray Sean retweeted it, and Azalea Banks just went absolutely mental at her, and basically like started saying, "You, you, you're dumb. You can't rap." Blah blah. blah. Um, and Cray and like people were just completely confused as to, to why she was so mad about it. Um. So yeah, kind of a. a That's that is mild. a fight over over nothing. If if ever there was one. Um, yeah. That's that's exactly as stupid as I wanted a fight between the two of them to be. 
That's the Stone Roses one is uh, they both were performing at a festival in Sydney um, when uh, the Stone Roses crew members started doing sound checks during Athelia Banks' set, and she nearly came to blows with Ian Brown (laughs) over the sound check. Oh my god. That's that is you just if if that's your at you just can't how can you perform at a festival when that's how you like surely you would just get in a fight at every festival you're ever at. Like Yeah. Maybe that is half the feuds on there. I don't know. Uh right, I, I mean, think we better yeah. I think we better move on. We could do the entire Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I think we better this is this is a slightly more Probably a slightly closer matchup. I think we we all know three nil, two one two stomps there. Um, but on to the next the next pairing, Travi McCoy, billionaire, featuring Bruno Mars. Now I love this song when it came out because it came out when I was what twelve or thirteen. Um, yeah, same. I don't think it holds up particularly well. Um, and I'm annoyed that Jim Class Heroes had two hits because I would have had Travi McCoy versus Jim Class Heroes as a as a pairing. But uh, anyway, um, Dan Billionaire, anything particularly interesting to to say about it? I mean, do you still like this song as much as you did when it came out? No, I mean, like when it came out, I, I liked it, but that was kind of as you say when I was, I was younger. Um, I think it's dated pretty badly. Um, just in terms of the way it sounds. It's a, it's quite similar to Isle of College, I would say. They're both kind of um, very early 2010s-ish. Um, kind of a bit like upbeat, bubblegummy. Uh, uh, but I'm not not a big fan. I find it kind of corny, to be honest. Um, not, not, not great. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I definitely, definitely echo most of that. Barnaby, controversial opinion. I'm counting on you. No, sorry. I hated this song when it came out because all the deeply, deeply dull people at my school thought it was great and used to sing it all the time and used to make Facebook posts about it and all this kind of stuff. And while I've managed to mature and overcome a lot of my uh, you know, <clears throat> feelings about music when I was uh, 12 to 13, I never liked this song. I don't like it now. Bruno Mars is actually pretty good most of the time, but not in this case. Uh, very poor. Well, this was sort of when... Bruno Mars was just guy with guitar or alternately sometimes guy with piano. And this now he's like significantly more interesting. I mean, still not like top tier, but he actually puts out songs that feel like proper songs now, uh, which I don't think this really does. Um, Travi McCoy is fine. He's not awful, like not notably awful like Asher Roth or anything, but Certainly not a, a great rapper. Um, but yeah, again, not a particularly interesting song. Everyone still remembers it, and everyone has has heard it that will be listening to this. So on to... I also, Mint. sorry, just to this say, is why I also don't don't sorry, go like Travi McCoy for another reason, which is I hate Cupid's Chokehold because it samples a Super Tramp song, and it made everyone think that he came up with that chorus, and he didn't. It's a good chorus, though. You can see why he wanted to sample it. Yeah, I'm just just made me mad. Never mind. Yes, well, you are you are the world's youngest uh, super tramp super fan, aren't you? Just... Got to got to be up there. Got to be up there. I, yeah, I 
they're they're again prog rock is is something that's just from uh passed me by but anyway this is why i'm hot the uh the most new york song to have absolutely no identity whatsoever i i, I think is how i would describe it because it's it is like he is talking about how he's the new york guy he's gonna bring new york hip-hop back and all he does is talk about other parts of the country <laughs> this is like I feel like New York rap has recovered quite a lot. Um, but I think there was a really low period, probably after 50 Cent stopped being as big as he was, when there was no like obvious really big guy from New York. And it seemed like every single new song from New York was exclusively about bringing New York back. Um, and yeah, like also like the fact that this song samples just so many other other songs. Like I don't understand how you managed to get like the Jesus Walk sampling. That bit's so incongruous. It's bizarre. Every <laughs> time it comes up, I'm like, "Have I? Did I have something else on?" The odd thing is, is that like I actually like the beat on this song. It is it, pretty good. Um, the chorus is it, the hook is great. And, like that's pretty much what makes the song. So yeah. I don't really understand why he decides to just put outside of I suppose it being a bit of a gimmick, just like cut out the beat for half of it to just have like two bars of Jesus Walks or you know. Nothing but G thing. Um, yeah, it. I. I mean, it does seem to be. I go to this part of the country and then sample whatever the <laughs> most popular song from that part of the country is. Uh, yeah. Which, I don't. I don't understand how this song managed to like. I. It is baffling in a way because it, it literally is like without any identity of you don't establish what new york is what it does like and then you just go to all of these other places that are way more interesting than than new york was at the time yeah yeah i don't and i mean even the beat is like kind of more bay area high feet than like kind of anything in in new york (laughs) i also like sorry i also like the fact that he discusses the midwest and also when he hits the chai Obviously, not knowing where Chicago actually is. Yeah, but when he says Midwest, he does mean like he means St. Louis, basically. Like fair, yeah, because he's just talking about Nelly at that point. Like, yes, that's Good it. Point. Yeah, <laughs> and you can tell because the arch is in is in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, I it is. I I think I've I've got to give it. Just for that hook, though, I got to give it over over billionaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's not a terrible song. It's just, uh, it's yeah, a really good hook, decent beat, but uh, yeah, quite weird. Okay. Um. Now the the next matchup. This is one of the. This is probably the most recent matchup that we've we've got, uh, and. Two artists that I don't think anyone expected to be one-hit wonders when they released it. Like, I think, with the exception of Azealia Banks, every single artist we've discussed so far, you could sort of guess there'd be a one-hit wonder. Um, I don't think either I, uh, either of these two really had that. Um, so we'll start with Designer and Panda. Obviously, this was huge when it came <clears throat> out. What did you mm-hmm. think about it at the time? What, three or four years ago now? Well, the weird thing with with Designer is that, like, 
it kind of must be pretty unique in that everyone heard it for the first time pretty much when they heard Father Stretch My Hands by, by Kanye. Yeah. Even though it had come out before, it had made pretty much no waves at all, as far as I can remember, uh, until Kanye sampled it. And then it sort of retrospectively became a hit after, based off that, um, which is pretty weird. Um, I thought it was okay. I mean, it still just does sound like, he just does sound like a, a worse version of Future. Um, and I mean the 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 hook is okay, I guess. I think it's a fine song, but I feel like Father Strip My Hands was, was a much better song. And the fact that we already sort of heard the song in that before we heard the original kind of lessened, but you know, hurt it a bit. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean, but I just I don't see how he went from from that to Timmy Turner not even cracking the the top one hundred on on Billboard. <laughs> Like the funny thing is, Timmy Turner was actually like quite hyped uh, before it came out. I remember because it like it came out uh, a few months after uh, Panda, and it was hyped up as his like next big hit. Like he played like snippets of it on like Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, uh, and then it came out and just kind of didn't really do anything like commercially. It did like you know, it was a uh, people liked it, but they didn't you know it didn't establish him or anything. No, no. Barnaby, anything uh, particularly interesting to say on this one? Did you hate it at the time? Did you like it? No, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, a guy I lived with at university got slightly obsessed with it and would play it basically all the time and knew all the words. That was kind of funny. Um, it's 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 a, a bit of a weird song. Like it is, it, it's good, but like I can also see. Where, how it's kind of a bit of a novelty track and people like wouldn't have been that interested in kind of continuing to hear what, what he was going to put out. <clears throat> I also, I don't know if this is just me, I was really surprised when I found out he was American. Yeah, well, where did you no, think he was from then? He was going for, it was like the start of kind of, it was, it was around the time when like you had like guys like Drake pretending to be roadmen. And it, I don't know. I always associate it with that kind of like era of music. Like it was around a similar time to like um, what was the Skepta album he put out? Um, what Konnichiwa? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I I weirdly put it in the same like thing as that, even though I know it's not, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's just that's just a weird like association I have with the track. I'm. I must admit, I'm. I'm not getting that. This is a very a, American sounding. I mean, the whole record, thing is as far as I'm concerned. Atlanta and stuff. So yeah, it makes a lot of yeah. sense. I just. I don't know why I have this association in my head. It makes no sense whatsoever. Well, I'm just looking on the Wikipedia again. I've just. I didn't know this, but I've forgotten it. Which is that he got the beat for Panda off YouTube, uh, because a guy in Rochdale cool. or places had uploaded like. 2015 style hip hop beat or whatever, and um, Panda uh, designer heard it and just bought it off him for like a hundred dollars, and <laughs> just used it on his song, which is quite cool. Smart. That is that's pretty cool. That's that's yeah. how you do it. Um, no, but uh, I think part of why I didn't expect him to be a one hit wonder is that he was sort of being when panda came out he was sort of being mythologized a bit in the same way that people tried to do with migos and young thug where they would just play because i don't know if, if you've ever seen that many clips of him outside of 
outside of his music where he's just being interviewed or whatever but he just talks like he's he's rapping all the time he like <laughs> just ad libs in in conversation yeah um really, yeah and really and people was. were sort of doing the the kind of the the trying to build him up in in the way that they successfully did with, with migos and young thug because those people were actually talented <laughs> um or more so than than designer because i i do like this song but um yeah, not not uh, not quite as much, uh, perhaps. But um, on to Race Rema, Black Beatles. How did they never have another hit after this? This was this was everywhere. I was really shocked to find out that they hadn't had uh, hits. Well, before that and um, and after it, yeah, because I, they did in yeah. the US. I'll be clear on US, that. Like, yeah. But I was surprised they never had anything over here because yeah, I thought no flex zone would have cracked the top forty. No flex zone, yeah, um, or no type uh, was also pretty big in the US, and swang, which I just remembered, was was also pretty. Yeah, pretty that big was in just after this, wasn't it? Yeah, and look alive was also around the same time. I think that was another uh, single off the off the album. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is absolutely huge, pretty much everywhere. Um, and yeah, I suppose they, they, they kind of take, considering they had a lot of momentum around that time, they did taper off a bit. You, know, you don't really see people talk about them so much anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously Sway Lee had one of the biggest hits of, of last year uh, mm. by featuring on, on Sunflower uh, with, yeah. with Post Malone. But uh, yeah, as a, as a, as a group srem life three like i didn't hear anything from that and i quite like not just black <clears throat> beatles but i quite like the whole album the i album, thought start a party yeah. was really good first two albums the- are good i think part of it was it seemed like after they did srem life two loads of people started talking about uh like a swaley solo project um and then they kind of did that with srem life three because it was like the triple album with uh their their third album plus Swaycation and Jintro. Um but I don't think any of those three really lived up to the hype. And the fact that there was three in a you know, the tri- it was a triple album meant that people just kind of glossed over, it, I guess, because it was just too much to to digest. Yeah, I mean, they did. They sort of tried to speaker box it a bit, didn't they? And it it just collapsed. Yeah, yeah. I think this was kind of a. It's a bit of a period where you were getting these really big rap albums, partly because of trying to get um, Spotify streams, more or less. If you people realize if you did a huge album, you could then like kind of jack up your Spotify streams because you had Culture Two came out around the same time, which was a double album. Yeah, uh, the Wizard came also... out a few months later, and and the Wizard is nineteen tracks long for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you still get it a bit nowadays. Like Young Thugs, like so much fun was 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 pretty long. Yeah, but Young Thug's been doing that forever, and it's it's just because he doesn't really quali- do any kind of quality control on his songs at all. Yeah, he just like yeah, he does just drop a lot of music. But yeah, um, but yeah, this is kind of the yeah that the the decision to do a, the big triple album was not really a good one. Barnaby, Black Beatles. Yeah, so I I hadn't listened to this song prior to looking at it on the bracket. Um, how? Yeah, honestly, that how how have you never heard this? This was like I, one of the biggest hits of 2016. I spent a lot of 2016 thinking about other things. You know, I was I was listening to other stuff at the time. Um, I you know I'm 
I'm not very good at keeping up with the latest releases. Um, I mean, maybe I heard, I had heard it, but like I didn't really remember it. But I thought it was good. Um, obviously, Gucci Mane Bonnet is pretty interesting. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the flow. I, I thought that was good. Yeah, I don't know. This is a tough one um, in terms of, of rating it against um, against Panda. Um, I think objectively it is a better song by quite a distance, but I prefer Panda. Okay, okay. For reasons. Um, so, so this might be our first contested uh, contested bracket. You're voting. You're voting for Panda then. I am. Yeah. Okay, Dan. I, I think Black Beetles is, is, is a genuinely really great song. Um, and yeah, it just has great hook, great beat. Um, it was came out, I think, shortly after Gucci Mane came out of jail. Um, and yes. was sort of his, his first big hit since he got out. And he's, he's pretty good in there as well. Not like, you know, nothing outstanding, but, but still pretty good, pretty good song. Yeah, because he uh, dropped he dropped like Woptober about a month or two after after Black Beatles came out, I think. Yeah, which was obviously so, his first album out of jail. <clears throat> yeah, he had dropped. Yeah, he um he came out and dropped a few a few things pretty fast. Um, but this was probably his his return to kind of commercial success, which he hadn't had for a while. And I think he is he is he is pretty good in this album. I think it's I think it is was one of the better rap songs of that year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Dan on this. Uh so two to one Black Beatles coming through. Um Okay. Next one. Uh again, this is this is I don't think there's too much to split them here, but uh My Neck, My Back by Kia, uh which and this is two <clears throat> songs that I actually both I have both of them on vinyl somewhere in, in my collection. Um <laughs> Because I got a triple, I got a triple uh, LP of of Thug Motivation One Hundred and One for four pounds somehow. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Jeezy, Soul Survivor, and Kia, My Neck, My Back. I think we'll probably just talk about both of these together to save a bit of a sure. bit of time. But uh, yeah, thoughts. I Kia, like this is the meme. This is the meme song. This there's I a lot it. of a lot of meme potential I, in in My Neck, My Back. My which you don't get really. I don't like it. I really don't like it. I was never played it by anyone. No one annoyed me with it. I listened to it purely by myself to see what the fuss was about, and I just found it just very crass. Just a real novelty song. Didn't care for it at all. Um, Soul Survivor, not amazing, if I'm honest, but but by virtue of not being this song, i got to go with it. I like That's both too- of the songs. Yeah, I, I, I think they're both... Well, I think my neck, my back is is pretty good. I don't think it's like uh, outstanding. I think Soul Survivor is a genuinely like really really good song. Um, kind of surprised it's Jeezy's only hit, but and also like kind of stands out. I thought when I was listening to the, the playlist you put together, well, it's a pretty long song and it doesn't have like, I mean the hook the hook is cat is good, really good, but it's not catching the same way that one hit wonders usually are. Um, but I thought it's, uh, it's. I think it's it's a really good song. Um, so even though I, I like my neck, my back, I think Soul Survivor is is, is the, the better of these two. Okay, okay. I mean, I I probably would have gone for for my neck, my back, but uh, Soul Survivor's got two votes, so it's it's coming on through. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really follow that. You you can see why my neck, my back was a was a one hit wonder. It's just 
everything about it screams that. Um, but uh, yeah, Soul Survivor a bit a bit less so. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. think it might be that that really is sort of stretching the one hit wonder thing because I think that probably hit like thirty something, and then he probably had one or two singles off the album that were like fifty or, or sixty something in the chart. Uh, and it, it wasn't quite the the one big hit that that some of the others were, but um, now on to uh, this is this is quite a fun one I think the next pairing. Um, so three six mafia, I got to stay high, uh, or or I got to stay fly if we're listening to the uh, the radio edit, uh, and then Trick Daddy featuring Twister and Little John. Let's go. Um, I. Little John, of course, is is who you feature on a track when you yourself want to be a one-hit wonder. I mean, he's had several hits, but mm-hmm. everyone he's ever worked with seems to become a one-hit wonder. Um, and then 3-6, Legends, 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 but uh, 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 not a, really a high point of their career quality-wise when, when they put this out. What do we think? I really like... Um... This is this three six. I mean, I, I agree that's not the best stuff they ever did, but I still think it's a really, really strong song. Um, I think both of these actually are, are really you know, some of the strongest songs in the um, in the bracket. Yeah, agree. They're both actually good, like songs that you want that you, you'd want to listen to like <clears throat> multiple times, or not just t- to be annoying. Um, unlike some of the other tracks on the list. So it is actually quite a tough choice between these two. Um, yeah, uh, to strike a blow for you know freedom of expression, I'd probably go with "Stay High," but uh, there's really not much in it. I think I've got to go for "Stay Fly" because not only did you know it get three six at a much deserved hit, but it also got yeah. Ball and MG, MJG a uh, a much deserved hit as well. Um, and I guess I mean Young Buck is, is is fine. I'm all right with Young Buck. Probably the the most forgettable guy in G Unit. Um, That's but, yeah. something. I mean, That's such a sad sentence. He was like explicitly <laughs> added to G Unit basically because they were like, listen, we've got Fifty Cent who is New York. Um, I think it was actually, I think then they then they added Game to try and be like West Coast, and then I think it was either around the time the game left kind of like broke from G unit or just after they added young buck to try and kind of cover the south i think with the idea so it's quite a uh, like commercially driven decision to kind of add him to the group or the, the you know the the kind of uh, yeah but i think he's okay oh certainly not certainly not bad i think G unit in general was was sort of not quite as bad as, as people like to remember them as. Uh, I mean, now. I'm always like kind of surprised when people don't like, you know, like 50 Cent, I think it is kind of seems to be generally well remembered, particularly, um, you know, like Get Rich or Die Trying era. And then Tony Ayo, I guess, like who, who people don't really care that much about. But Lloyd Banks is, seems to be pretty well respected i think he's still i know he had a series of mixtapes that people people liked oh yeah no banks banks uh people people do still still uh 
like um but i i would have probably gone here for for let's go just for that chorus just for little john and and the guitars as well which actually sound pretty good for like guitars in a rap song in the mid 2000s they sound very good compared to what else was uh, was being done um, oh yeah i mean the sample but, is like the, the intro is great the intro to, to let's go is, is great yes with uh yeah of the Osborne and then Little John. Oh yeah, I love the sample. I do love the sample, yeah. as you can imagine, for me. But that's quite fun. Yeah. Also, sorry, uh, I've just found go. out that um, "Let's Go" was from Trick Daddy's sixth studio album. <laughs> How? <laughs> How did you make five studio albums by 2004? It was from his sixth studio album, "Sug Matrimony Married to the Streets," which is an amazing oh, name. What a title! Sorry, that's, um, that's powerful. The, the 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 Trick Daddy list of album names is, is like great. So, nine twenty seven he released based on a true story, pretty boring. Uh, nine twenty eight he released www.sug.com. Uh, Two thousand he released Book of Thugs, Chapter AK Verse Forty Seven. Two thousand and one he released Thugs R Us. <laughs> then Thug Holiday. Uh, then Sug Matrimony, Married to the Street, um, Back by Sug Demand, and finally famous, Born a Sug, Still a Sug. <laughs> a oh really, really, like, only one myth out of, like, eight albums, like, really strong. That is that is so good. Right, so, two to one margin, three six through there. Um, justifiably so, as, as far as whole careers are concerned, but... Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, now, this is a, a completely baffling matchup, but I didn't really have anywhere that this would have fit more. Um, I like that. Houston featuring Chingy, Nate Dog, and I-20, and then Little Peep and XXXTentacion falling down. Um, I have things to say about that second one, but we'll leave it up to the two of you. First of all, thoughts, winners? I thought the, <clears throat> I mean, uh, if you say that, they're two pretty different songs. Um, like, they don't, it's kind of hard to compare the two, I would say. Um, I actually quite like the Little Peep, like, Fallen Down song. I have not listened to a lot of Little Peep, um, to be honest with you. I have listened to a decent amount of XXX. Um, but, I mean, I think. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know what to say, to be honest with you. I feel like, yeah, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Maybe. Yeah, I actually, I'm with you actually, Dan. I, I, I actually quite like the Little Peep song. Um, I didn't mind, I didn't mind I like that. Like, it, it was, as I said, it's, it's, they are so different, it's quite hard to compare. I do like the type of song Falling Down is, though obviously there are, you know, other big problems of, you know, the, the other guy on the track, um, which is very much a person, well, not lots of people think this, and it is, you know, it's the whole, like, you know, divorcing the, the content and that kind of thing, but, yeah. Um, I, I have to, like, very, like, embarrassingly say I prefer Falling Down, probably. I, I'm gonna disagree here. I, Absolutely love Little Peep. I literally yesterday uh, had a, a double LP of, of Come Over When You're Sober, parts one and, and two turn up, and, and I love 
like all of that sort of early stuff that he put out and, and basically everything that he put out on, on SoundCloud and his albums up until his death. But this this song represents the sort of, for both of them actually, because this, this came out after both of them had passed away. Um, obviously Little Peep, Accidental Overdose, and then XXX was, was shot. Um, and this represents that sort of just horrible exploitation of, of their, their back catalogs, because I don't think you can look at this and go, this is a full song from, from either of them. This is like mm. just vocal, just offcuts that they were, they had in the studio from when they were recording something else. It doesn't really fit together. It doesn't really work. And it is just their record labels just looking to make a, a buck off of, of the deaths of, of two young men uh and for uh, that i've i've yeah. got to go i like that yeah i mean like i actually didn't know that so i had heard look falling down before but i'm not sure whether or not i had just not noticed that xxx was on there or whether or not the version i had heard hadn't had him on there uh because i thought that it had been made posthumously for little peep but not for, for xxx yeah it is, yeah. it is pretty um the bit in falling down where they have the guy talking about like what Pete meant to him is just really like uh, on the nose. Um, yeah, and the bit where X literally talks about not not fucking with him before he died and not knowing him, and and he wished he had, and they could have made something together. And oh, it's like X, is that X talking? I, I didn't really. Think that. I think it is. I don't know for Maybe, certain, no, but I think sense. it is. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just a um, like just some little Pete fan or whatever. No, yeah. no. I think because the way he was talking about how, oh, I, I wish I, you know, you, you yeah, see no. interviews and, and we were the same person. And X was a big, like, energy guy. Like, that's the type of thing he would say. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it does sound something like he would say. So yeah. I, I think that that's what it is. And if it is, like, again, this is just them admitting that this isn't a full song. This isn't something either of them intended to make. Uh, yeah. It's, it's repugnant, really. I think, yeah, I think I actually am going to have to go with I like that. I think you've made a, a, a strong case there. I still think Falling Down, it's, the, 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 the chorus is really, uh, the song, the chorus is, is, is good. The beat is good. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I would I would agree to an extent, but I still think it's not a patch on on like other peep songs like Kisses in the yeah. Wind or or Stop the Car or like I'm shocked that Awful Things wasn't a hit. Like Awful Things has hit written all over it. You go back and listen to to that one, but um, yeah, mm. I I can see why you'd you'd think that, but morally, I'm I'm going to have to give it to I like that. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair. I think um, well, yeah, the thing is with um. Yeah, falling down. It is just that it doesn't really have much of like a verse on there. So, yeah, yeah, you are right. Will like objectively and morally and all that, but I still prefer the song. I think I see. I don't really like ever. Well, I don't really object that much to releasing stuff after artists have died, even if it's just like, like when, when they put up these XXX albums and it's just like attracted to like him playing drums in the studio and he's terrible and i know people get really mad about that sort of thing but i don't really like object to it that much but i do think it's weird to kind of put stuff together like yeah no to jam down two artists together is 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 very weird and and quite dodgy in truth especially when well the the worst examples are like the uh the awful uh posthumous two-pack albums 
that just put him on with like people who were just not at all involved in music when he was alive. Yeah. Uh, they do the same for Biggie as well. Just not not great. Oh dear. No, I, I haven't even listened to those, and and I'm hopefully going to keep it that way. Uh, yeah. But, no. um... Right. So Dan, you're you're voting which way? We're one and one at the moment. You. I'm going to go for. Um, uh, I like that. I'm going to go for. Okay. Okay. So. On to the the final uh, part of the rap bracket for the for the first round, and then we can speed through the uh, the subsequent rounds. And this is a, a bit of a weird one. Um, Clips, Ma, I don't love her. Yeah, not an artist you'd think is a one hit wonder, and, and they certainly aren't in the US. Uh, and then Terror Squad, Lean Back, which, as I said earlier, off uh, off of the call before we started recording. Um, this is what I put on when I realized that three sixes one hit wasn't side to side. <laughs> yeah. Two. Yeah. These are both kind of weird, <clears throat> very weird artists. That you wouldn't usually, I mean, Terra squad is weird because even though they are clearly like a one hit wonder of the group individually, they obviously, they had more of a history. Whereas yeah. clips is just cut. Not like, like this is not even a particularly memorable clip song. Like really compared to that, there are probably three or four songs in that first album that are better than than it. I would say, and most of the second album is better than it. Um, so it's really weird that it was the 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 one that, that did well. I mean, I suppose it's kind of if you listen to that first album, this is kind of um, the classic song in the middle of the album that's meant to be the, the single that's going to get radio play that has like the the <clears throat> singer on the hook and it's about like you know women rather than selling cocaine uh but it's not i mean there's a bit of that even in even in this one but not as much yeah. as as they usually not as much as, as the, yeah clips aren't really known for their kind of diverse subject matter um but yeah i mean it, it just didn't really stand out to me particularly much no, I mean Faith no, Evans. No. Though, if you're going to bring in a, a an R and B singer to do the hook, definitely one of the better ones. I mean, she's not used much on here, but she is a fantastic. Yeah, uh, but then they, I, I find the harmony on the hook really discordant and not in a good way, and it seems like a waste. Mm. I think like, it's, I think it's a fine example of, of that kind of song. I, I I like the song. I just don't think it's um. Yeah, no, especially it's not bad. It isn't bad. And but, again, yeah. lean lean back is a, is a sort of similar in in the sense that it's it's not particularly memorable in terms of what it is, but it's a, a decent enough example. Uh, the one thing is, of course, you watch the video and the the interlude with Little John trying to get into the club is hilarious, um, yeah. and I, I really enjoy that. But as a song, there's not too much to say about it, really, is there? No, I, I really, really like. I actually really like Lean Back. Like, I think it is one of the better rap one hit wonders. It kind of put. It, it's pretty similar to a lot of the ones we've discussed, where it really is kind of built around the, the hook and the beat. But I think it puts those together in in a really like strong way. Um, yeah, not true. the best like Thatcher verse on there. It's it's pretty forgettable. Um, but Remy Ma's good. good. Remy Ma's good. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a good song. I think it's definitely like. Yeah, it's 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 still like pretty well regarded today. I would say you know it's kind of had some staying power. 
Oh, certainly. To... I, it's had more staying power than than the clip song. I would. I yeah, would the, think. Uh, the clip song for me is just kind of the, the kind of thing that would have been the label would have been like. You know, you've got to put this on the album. You've got to make something on the album. You can push the radio, um, and it kind of did that job, I suppose. But uh, it just not really a highlight of of that album, really. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, I, I agree. Voting wise, then, what are we going? Dan, presumably, lean back. Yeah, I'm going to go for lean back. Yeah. Barnaby? Yeah, probably lean back too. Um, yeah, neither of them are amazing, but they kind of misuse. I don't know. I really, I really don't like, actually like the hook on more. I don't love her. Like, I think it's kind of wasted a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Lean Back. Yeah, I think this is one of the tighter ones, but I'd have to agree. Uh, Lean Back it is. So, uh, on to the uh, the sort of quarterfinals, as it were. Um, or, well, round of 16 with both sides of the bracket. But uh, Jaquan, Tipsy, and Azealia Banks, 2-1-2. No contest. Do I even yeah, need to no vote? Contest. Yeah, <laughs> no, con- no. no contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Azealia Banks <laughs> takes that one every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Um, right. Mims, this is why I'm hot. That is what we put through, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Black Beatles. Um Ooh, what are, what are we feeling? I again, I don't think it's too much of a contest. No, no Black I Beatles, Black Beatles really like by being yep. good. Uh, okay, so Soul Survivor, and then uh, I gotta stay high. This is actually quite a tough one. Yeah, yeah, this is this is tougher. <sighs> That I feel one like on Soul Survivor, actually. So I'm actually going, I'm going to go with that. I'm actually going the other way. I think, like, I think Soul Survivor is a great song. I think it's probably the highlight of that album. But as a, I don't think it's as like kind of a hit song. I don't think it's as good as I Gotta Stay Fly. You know, if it's something that you want to hear on like, the radio, I say I Gotta Stay Fly is, is kind of more more that. You know, I, oh, it's I got a much better it. hook. It has got much better hook. hook. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 3-6. Yeah. So we're 2-1 on on 3-6 for that then. Uh, Okay, so I like that versus lean back uh this is this is easy i mean i like that is is fine but it's got to be lean back hasn't it i'd I'd say yeah definitely yep okay so two one two black beetles again for me a bit tougher but for me it's still azealia banks like two one two is is great yeah Mm. yeah Yeah. i gotta agree i think Black Beatles is great, but I actually thought, you know, the other semi hits that the Race Remit had, you know, No Type, No Flag Zone, are as good, if not better, than Black Beatles, where I think 2 and 2 is really kind of stands out for the stuff yeah. that the Banks has done. So I think, yeah, got to go with 2 and 2. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree there. So uh, I got to stay high and then uh, lean back. Is is what we're on now, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, this is this is a 
I think I'm going to stick with three six here, but uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, getting a bit a bit tougher, perhaps. But I'm going to swing round to three six. I think on this one, Dan. Like it, it, it was a mm. it was a tough one. It was a tough bracket. It was in. So, so sorry, it's three six versus what was the other one again? Lean back. Lean back. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with them. Um, three six. I like lean back. But yeah, I think the three sixes, three six just has a good hook, a good beat, and probably like some of the strongest verses for these one hit wonders. I would say. Okay, and I think that leaves the final rap matchup: two one two versus uh, "I Got to Stay High." Um, obviously, whole careers. It's three six, uh, no question. Uh, an influence on on rap music as a whole. It's three six, no question. But these two songs, again, I've got to go two one two. I think yeah, I think I've got to go two and two as well. It is fair, it's close, but other other hit, I would say, I'd go for two one two. Yeah, no, I two two one two is, I think, not by a massive distance, by a decent distance, the best track on this list, and it yeah, quite rightfully should take the uh, take the pendant. Pop your pussy like this Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss All you ladies, pop your pussy like this Shake your body, don't stop, don't miss My neck, my back Lick my pussy and my crack Right, so that was part one of the One Hit Wonder bracket and uh, we'll be bringing you that next part at a later date because it, it took us... Uh, an unconscionably long uh, amount of time to, to record that, much more than I was expecting. But now, a review of, of an album that came out this week, a couple of days earlier than expected, and, and really, I think, is trying to be and, and does feel like an album for the times. So we've got Dan still on the line. Uh, Barnaby mm-hmm. jumped off, but we've got Dan still on the line to talk about RTJ4. Dan, first thoughts on the album? What 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 jumped to your mind the first time you heard it? I think it's interesting that you said that it's an album for the times because um, it obviously is in that the kind of the stuff that they talk about is you know, probably more relevant than, than it's ever been. But I think for me, the problem is just with Run the Jewels is that they kind of were saying very similar things on their previous three albums. You know, they have always, particularly from RTJ2 onwards, they have had, you know, they've spoken, they've been talking about kind of police brutality and, and race in America and, and inequality and kind of left-wing politics. Um, and listening to it, it just kind of felt like it was more of the same for me. You know, they, they, they it doesn't feel to me like they've really, between RTJ and RT, RTJ2 and 3, they did sort of take their music in a more, uh, I guess, kind of more electronic production production wise is a bit more electronic but apart in terms of their subject matter i feel like while you, it obviously is more relevant than, than ever the fact that they've done it before for me meant that i just didn't really find it that interesting to listen to um, i'm afraid to say right no I, I see what you i see what you mean uh and certainly it is it is getting to that point where 
yeah, they have just <clears throat> they've they've been doing this stuff for so long now. What when did RCJ one mm-hmm. come out? Like twenty thirteen, probably. Yeah, and really, if you um, include Cancer for Cure, came up the year before that, which was LCLP solo had Kill and Mike on on a track on there, and uh, rap music by Kill and Mike, I think, was also twenty twelve. I want to say, which was produced mm-hmm. by LP. So really, that's like you know, five albums that are Killer Mike and LP, and they all have pretty similar themes to them. Um, Which is, I think it's kind of why I felt a bit sort of fatigued by it. Yeah, Yeah, I I certainly see what you're getting at. I mean, I I think they do try some new things here, not in terms of lyrics. I I think you're you're broadly on the, the right lines there. But I mean... There are some weird features on this album. Yeah. Like Josh Homm's on there. Two Chains is on there. And then uh, I, I do want to talk very specifically about, about the track Just, which is yeah. Run the Jewels, Pharrell Williams and Zach Delarocha. The weirdest yeah. the the weirdest um combination I, I think I've I've heard from them across their their entire discography but do you think really it f- works i actually thought it worked surprisingly well i mean like obviously they've had zach de la Rocha on stuff before it's merely kind of really pharrell williams that, that stuck out to me as being the the kind of guy who wouldn't really fit in yeah. with what run the jewels are about i thought it was i thought it worked actually i think it was one of the songs which listening to the album um i thought that Again, as I say, partly I think just because I've listened to they've they've put out quite a lot of music that I think kind of sounds similar-ish. A lot of not not much really stood out, but I think just was probably the highlight of the album in terms of yeah, I think you're right, it is something new. Um, and Pharrell is the kind of is not really the kind of guy they've had on on their, their music before. So I think it does work. Yeah, yeah, I I'd, I'd say I agree with you for the most part. However, um. There is on the chorus there um, that that little ad lib that Pharrell does, where he just says "get it" after <laughs> after uh, look at all these slave masters posing on your dollars is one of the most annoying things I've ever heard. It's like, <laughs> yes, we get it. I, I would not be listening to this album if I if I didn't get that. I certainly wouldn't be re-listening to this track if I didn't get that. <laughs> you don't need to say it. Oh. That that really annoyed me. But also, what what sort of interested me about Just is that I, I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page for the album now, and and Pharrell is not listed as a as an additional producer or, or co producer or anything like that. It's still just uh, LP. LP, Little Shalimar, and and Will Dezobi. Like it's it's interesting. I would have thought that uh, if you're going to get Pharrell to do that feature, and even the beat to an extent, it sounds like something that Pharrell could well have been involved in, but yeah. apparently wasn't. Well, DJ Premier is not listed as a producer on Ooh La La either. No, no, that is violent. weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose, yeah, the whole, I suppose LP has always produced pretty much all of their their albums. I not really, can't really remember anything, any songs. Yeah, no, I, I think you're you're basically, basically right there. Major production. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they took they obviously took quite a big break between 
uh, Run the Jewels 3 and, and Run the Jewels 4, because they had those sort of three back-to-back-to-back you know, albums yeah. every year. And I think 3, for me, um, felt like, not really like a step down after Run the Jewels 2, but just kind of didn't really progress forward much. And listening to this, it felt like, you know, I appreciate that the, the break, because I think that they couldn't have done another album like straight afterwards. But I also think didn't really move it on much in those, those four years. No, uh, I, I, I would agree. I think basically that, that both three and four, um, the best part of both of those albums, the thing that makes them the most interesting within Run the Jewels discography is the features that they get on. I mean, here yeah. again, Pharrell, Two Chains, uh, and on three, you had Danny Brown uh, on Hey Kids, which is the best song on the album. And then yeah. Kamasi Washington shows up, and it's like yeah. those things are far and away the most interesting parts of, of that record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say though, uh, Gangster Boo shows up in an uncredited feature, so. Mm. Not sure what's going on there, uh, why that is. Uh, yeah, but she was on Do you know why? Yeah, yeah but she was, was, that's what I mean. She was featured on that. Uh, yeah. And if you're going to have someone that's basically a third member, it's not Gangster Boo, it's, it's Zach Delarosha. He's been on two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, and obviously his solo track was produced by LP and really was really good. And I wish he'd put out more stuff since then. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, mean, um, I think I liked it. I think I, I've after three, I thought you know this is it's fine album, but I feel that from the jewels, you know, they had a, they got very big very fast off the first two albums, especially compared to what they had been doing before. Um, and for me, I felt like well, you know, this is great, and hopefully they can go and start doing go back to kind of doing solo stuff, whether or not it's going to be like you know, Rap Music 2 produced by LP again, or whether or not it's something different. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed that they've just gone for another Run the Jewels album rather than than, than doing solo albums. Um, yeah. Because I still do think, actually, like, if you take sort of... I guess Cancer for Cure is not really part of the same... Yeah, it came out around the same time, but obviously it doesn't really have much Killer Mike on it. Um, but I still think that Rap Music is... is if I was to put the four albums, the five albums together, I think rap music would probably be uh, either one or my, my favourite or my, my second favourite of the stuff they've done together. I thought it was a, it's um, just seemed to be like kind of more diverse, I guess. I, I think to be fair, I think Killer Mike is a, is at this point anyway a, a much better rapper than LP is. I think LP started oh, yeah. to show his age a bit in in a way that that Killer Mike isn't. Yeah, um, no. I've never been. A he sounds older, rapper. particularly on like Ooh La La. He sounds old here. Yeah, like, I've never been a particularly huge fan of, of LP. He kind of, um, for me, he's always kind of tread the, the line pretty thinly between uh, enjoying him and him being kind of like too, uh, kind of these ultra lyrical like underground rappers who are just trying to kind of show how many how complicated their rhyme schemes are um, or how many kind of like unusual words they can, they can fit in, um, which I think he did a lot in his earlier stuff and then kind of moved away from by the time Run the Jewel started, but does, you know, every now and again, slip back into kind of Aesop rock style. 
Oh, um, don't don't remind me. Yeah, I'm so glad he's disappeared. If you listen to like some of LP's like early two thousand stuff, it is like very much that that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I don't not... think I've I've really given much of that a shot. I mean, I, I've given some of the early or the early two thousands Killer Mike stuff a shot, which is wildly really? different. I yeah. have a copy of Adidas somewhere, um, which yeah. is just like yeah. not what you'd expect at all from this guy. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Alpi's early stuff. He, um, he did an instrumental album, actually, around 2008, which I enjoyed. I thought it was good. Um, but I think Cancer for Cure, when it came out, was kind of seen as uh, a step up or kind of becoming a bit more accessible, I guess, and trying to move beyond kind of the, the underground, um, more lyrical stuff he'd been doing before. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing, actually, I did want to ask specifically. Um, so, again, going back to just with with Pharrell and, and Zach De La Rocha, um, LP's verse on that, that first sort of three or four lines, up until he says, uh, toss a grenade in the dugout, um, that really, like, that seemed really kind of British to me. I, I don't know what it was. I sort of heard that and I went, oh, that sounds like something Wiley would do that flow, those lyrics, like that sounds like a, a I mean, obviously the beat's not a grime beat, but it, it sounds like something that, that you would hear over here much more than, than in America. I don't quite know, know why is, is that something mm. that you picked up on or am I sort of going mad here? I, I've got to say, I didn't really pick up on it, but then I didn't really, maybe if I go back and listen to it again, I would, you know, listen to that specifically, I would probably notice it. I might notice mm. it, but at the time it, it didn't really jump out to me. Yeah, and I think also that's another part of why I, I just went, oh, Pharrell definitely also produced, like co-produced this track because I had that in my head already and then I started thinking about um, Numbers, which obviously yeah. was, was Pharrell and, and Skepta and, and far and away the most underrated track on on that uh, I really like that, that Skepta album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I really like that one as well. Um. Right. I mean, overall, though, um, Run the Jewels, I mean, four albums in, do you do you really need to be recommending it to people? Uh, perhaps not, but would you say yeah. this is, is still worth checking out? I think it's still worth checking out. I mean, I think, I don't know how people would, if you if people were to, you know, kind of get into Run the Jewels now and listen to all four albums, I wouldn't be surprised if people think, you know, like they have a, a different viewpoint on it. I think it's the fact that kind of it's been like seven years since the first one came out. Um, and like I've been listening to them over that time. And to me, they have kind of stayed. I mean, one and two, they're, they're the difference. They become a lot more political. Um, but from two onwards, they haven't really, really made much of a. Uh, development i wouldn't say but i mean that's still it's still a fine album it just i would say it's sort of more the same right right okay no yeah. I, I certainly see where you're where you're coming from there um okay the only other thing um is did you agree with what i said to you uh, a few days ago about that final track uh reminding me of the the halo 3 soundtrack in terms of the the instrumental yeah, yeah, I, I kind of see where you're coming from. Yeah, it it, it was um uh, something different to the rest of the album. I would say. Yeah, I. It's I it is. I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sort of orchestral, but it, it's it is effectively like a a sort of jazz band arrangement of a of an orchestral piece because the instruments there aren't you know you don't have violins coming through or, or anything like that, but you do yeah. have a lot of brass. Um, so it is like a sort of rearranged what what, what may have or felt like it was originally orchestral and then and then arranged uh, differently. But um, yeah, again, uh, run the jewels four. You know by now if you like Run the Jewels, but if you haven't heard them, definitely go check it out. But I'd still say start with two. Um, You'd say start okay. with two, you? I would. I would. Uh, I. I mean, just because like one is a is a fine album, but two, I I, I still consider to be their their best work. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess. And it I th- makes, yeah, sorry, go on. I think that the the thing is, I I don't think that three or four do anything different enough that they'd be any more or or less accessible for someone. I think on on that level they're pretty constantly at a at a, a a plateau in terms of how accessible they are. Mm. Um, I, I mean, would you what what would you say start with for Run the Jewels? I mean, I agree. I think like yeah, Run the Jewels one is kind of the odd one out in their their discography and the kind of the subject matter is different um the kind of people they have like they have big boy on there is kind of different to the the stuff they had later on i mean if i was telling some sketch i probably would say just listen to it the discography straight through just because i don't think it's as you say it's a good album i don't think it's so different that like um you know it, it can be something you can just like skip um but yeah, I think two is. I do. I see where you're coming from. Two is kind of two, three, and four are definitely their own their own thing. I would say. Yeah. Compared to one. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, great. I think that that pretty much wraps up our our thoughts on RTJ four. Um, go check it out. Obviously, as with all Run the Jewels albums, you can go and download it for for free on their website, which is nice. Uh, Please do use the donation links, though, to, to chuck in some some money uh, for various um, Black Lives Matter related causes that they they have up there. Um, and obviously, will I will be putting a link uh, in this episode to um, uh, a, a website where you can donate to, to multiple bail funds and, and local causes at once. Please go chuck in any spare cash you have. That would be wonderful. But Dan, thanks a lot for uh, for joining me on on this one, and uh, sure. looking forward to the other side of the bracket next week.